What a day, what a day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. All right, final hour of the show, JT, as I am here in beautiful Summerlin, Nevada, as hopefully, with shots in arms, we're getting ready to get back in studio at some point soon here. It has been a long, long time. Looking forward to getting back with Bobby, whose birthday is tomorrow, and we're excited about that. We're brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. You can shop from the comfort of your own home, have the ability to pick up and pick out a vehicle, work up the options with a purchase or lease with different money down, or you can submit your credit card in Henderson Hyundai. The Superstore will deliver the vehicle to your home or office. You don't even have to step foot in the dealership. I would. I love Frank and his team there, the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. All right, so we're putting college basketball to bed. That's what we do here. And in this town, we have Kevin Kruger, who's now the new head coach of UNLV, and he has my full support. How could he not? I think the world to Kevin. I think the world to Lon. We'll be doing a lot of work with them with Coaches versus Cancer next month. And we try to do everything we can to support the Krugers. They're very good people who have been good for us. So when you see a team like Gonzaga do well, you got to scratch your head and say, what about UNLV? UNLV's on the strip. They have an unbelievable practice facility. They have billion-dollar casino after billion-dollar casino. 43 million people come to Vegas here. Don't tell me the size of the media in this town. We have 43-plus million people that visit this town. This is a massive city for tourism and big events, and UNLV's got to be back that way. So whatever it's going to take for you to get your butt in the seat at the Thomas and & Mack and buy season tickets and support Kevin and to see Lon around and hopefully the program gets turned around. T.J. Otzelberger, the amount of wasted time in this market talking about him and an awful team last year had to be a sports radio record. We didn't spend five minutes talking about him because I knew that T.J. Otzelberger, nice guy when I met him, but he had no interest in laying down roots in Vegas. He did nothing with the media. He had no interest in being great here. He was looking for the next job. I don't think that's the case with Kevin. I think that Kevin, a former Rebel, wants to win here, wants to get the team back to the tournament. He's got to jump in the portal. He's got to do a really good job recruiting, and I think he'll be able to do that. He's not a huge name coming in. But he's someone you can get behind. So as we say goodbye to Gonzaga last night and Baylor beating him, it gets me to think about UNLV. I don't know how a team in Logan, Utah, or a team in Fresno, California, I get it in Spokane, but Boise and other smaller markets, I don't know how they're better than UNLV. I really don't. It's mind-blowing to me. And I think the other thing that we need to talk about, which is an elephant in the room here in Las Vegas, are these frauds of boosters who claim to be boosters and want to sit on the court and wear their red and walk around and tell everybody they're boosters, but they don't give any money to the program, and they don't win. And, and they have to be flushed out. And there needs to be a whole new group of wealthy people brought in behind the program who actually have money and aren't running commercials from 30 years ago telling you that they're an official booster. They got to be out of the program and got to get some new money and some people behind Kevin Kruger. And I think that'll happen 
I'm looking forward to talking about that. Baylor wins. It's really sad for Gonzaga because Gonzaga, all they needed to do was win the game, and there's no debate. You know, we have a lot of these TV debate shows every morning in sports, and they debate a fake topic with each other. They meet and they say, well, you take that side, I'll take this side, even though we both agree, and you fake it, and I'll fake it, and we'll get everybody all heated. Well, with Gonzaga, if Gonzaga would have won last night, I thought they would have won, then there would be no more conversation. We'd have to put them in the annals of the history books and say undefeated, one of the greatest teams of all time, and anybody who argued would just look silly. But now that they got blown out, everything changes. And their legacy is not winning a national championship and getting mauled in the championship game. That sucks. You don't want that to happen. That's a bad thing, and it happened to Gonzaga. I think the way they'll be able to live with it is they'll bounce back and they'll continue to recruit and win, and that'll motivate them to win a championship. they got a great coach in Mark Few, great players, and a great program. Let's go to the Vegas Golden Knights that had a three-game losing streak going and needed a win desperately. And they got it. They got off to a quick start. The Nosa goal put them up early. Meanwhile, Vegas works to the offensive zone. They have to retrieve the puck after an offensive zone draw. Holden a shot. Score! Nick Holden shot it from out high. And right in front, Tomas Nosek was there to get a piece. And Nosek continues his hot hand. 10 points in 11 games. And Vegas has a 1-0 lead. I don't know how Dan Duva does it. He's fantastic with those deflections and able to figure it out. Let's get to this Robin Leonard save, which was key in the second period when the game was tight. Leonard was fantastic. Tried to get it toward the middle with a shot attempt from Tarasenko, but it went wide left. Now out in front, a shot save. Leonard was sliding left. His big body still in position, so he made the stop. Yeah, that was fantastic. He looked good. He's big. He's really big. He's tremendous. We go to the Marcioso goal that made it a blowout 5-1 when the scoring spree was on, and this guy's got to get hot. To the side of the goal, Carlson there with Marcioso. Shot it off the side of the net. He scores! Jonathan Marcioso. No one challenged him in the left corner, so he banked it in off of Husso. The Knights with three goals in the second, and with 11 minutes to go in the second period, Vegas has opened up a 5-1 lead. Now let's go to the final call as VGK wins in a blowout, and hopefully this is a game that gets the entire club going. Vegas scored two in the first, Nosek and Martinez. Four in the second, Martinez, Carrier, Marcheseau, and Haig. It's enough for a Vegas victory. Final score, night six, Blues one. Dan Duva on the call, big win. Petrangelo coming back home with his family there and his kids. A big moment for the team as they rallied and win. They needed that win, and they got it in impressive form. 6-1, the final after the game. Peter DeBoer on the fact that they got to get those goal scorers hot and going again. We needed to, to score some goals. I think after the last couple games, uh, you know, there was some frustration, and, you know, we wanted to get rewarded for, for going to those areas. And, you know, I, I think it was a perfect game for that, especially the first couple goals, screens in front and tips. You know, that's got to become part of our DNA every night as a team, uh, especially this time of year. Yeah, but DeBoer understands what needs to happen for this team now going forward. They came off the Minnesota games, the L.A. games before that against the Kings, and now with momentum, they're in a good spot going forward. We had a good meeting today. We just talked about uh, relaxing a little bit. There's 20 games left. We're, we're in a good spot, and we just need to to keep the good things that we're doing and uh, and fix some of the things that we weren't doing real well. So, you know, I thought the group came out real committed tonight, and we got rewarded for that. 
Yeah, that was really nice. And remember, the thing for the Golden Knights going forward with just 20 games left is they have two great goaltenders, really good elite in Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury, now playing in between both those guys, giving them rest so they're ready to go for the playoffs. We're going to need two goalies. You look around the league, the teams that are having success all have two goalies uh, going. So it, it was nice to have him back. It was nice to have him back energized. And he, he's come back. The work he put in to get back, I think – you know, has really set him up for success. We're trying to get some Vegas Golden Knight fans on this channel to call in. We do, I think, more Golden Knights than anybody. We do. We did when I was on the other station, and I said when I came here, I got to continue doing this, and it was a part of us doing this deal. So we'll be doing the Golden Knights with 20 games left to go. We'd like to get some hockey fans rolling, 702-365-9200. Big news again today from ESPN on Deshaun Watson and these alleged sexual misconduct acts two of the 22 women who filed lawsuits against Deshaun Watson alleging sexual assault and inappropriate behavior came forward doing during a news conference earlier today Ashley Solis whose lawyer Tony Busby said was the first massage therapist to file a lawsuit spoke in the news conference the other woman Lauren Baxley wrote a letter to Watson that was read by her lawyer and I'm just going to keep this clean because I know there are people this time of day listening with kids in the car. I'm aware of that. If you want to turn it off, come back. I'll keep it, you know, PG as I always do on the show. Uh, this one came from Ashley Solis, quote, I got into massage therapy to heal people, to heal their minds and bodies, to bring peace to their souls. Deshaun Watson has robbed me of that. He took that away from me. He tainted a profession in which I take enormous pride. I suffer from panic attacks, anxiety, and depression. I'm in counseling as a result of Deshaun Watson's actions. I hope he knows how much pain he's inflicted on me emotionally and physically. And I know, I hope he knows how much pain he's inflicted on those survivors. People say I'm doing this just for the money. That is false. I come forward now so that Deshaun Watson does not assault another woman. The other person who came through, Miss Baxley wrote, every boundary from professional and therapeutic to sexual and degrading you crossed or attempted to cross. She said in her letter to Watson at the recommendation of her trauma therapist to forgive myself for not speaking up sooner. And also so that you could know without excuse or justification that you have deeply brought terror to me and others. <laughs> That's the press conference today with Deshaun Watson. This is the biggest story in the NFL by far. We got we got the draft and free agency. 22 women with lawsuits. And Rusty Harden, who is a tremendous defense lawyer, I thought he made a really big mistake when he released the names of 18 women who made statements saying that they worked on Deshaun Watson and they... And he never made him feel uncomfortable. All that did was get everybody to realize that he did eight. He had 18 supporters of him and 22 against. That's 40 massage therapists. So from what I can tell, and I've read a lot, and I got a contact at TMZ, is that Deshaun Watson is addicted to this personality of what he does in a massage. And he's been doing it for a long time, allegedly. 
and he's a young philanthropist and a great player, and now he's not getting traded. It doesn't look like he's going to move at all. And Houston, that had no leverage in this situation, has all the leverage right now because there could be a, a criminal investigation that's about to start. And on top of that, the big news is that Roger Goodell is going to get involved. So this is the lead story today at ESPN.com. The second lead story is now the Falcons are open to trading the number four draft pick. So let's tie that into the Raiders. This is a big, this is big. You know, I'm not reaching for straws here. I'm going to back it up and hopefully show you that I'm sincere with this. If the Raiders trade up from number 17 to number four, they can get any player they want. They can get Penny Sewell from Oregon, the best offensive lineman. They could get Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. And that would be the two players that I think they'd want to go after. Christian Darshaw could drop to him some of the other offensive lines. Elijah Vera Tucker could drop to them anyway. I wouldn't trade up. So the number four draft pick is available. I do not believe the Raiders will trade up to number four. I think a team will do that that needs a quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is widely expected to be taken number one by Jacksonville. The Jets signal that they're going to take a quarterback as Sam Darnold was moved to Carolina. I believe that'll be Zach Wilson. The 49ers traded up from number 12 to number three. I believe that they're interested in Mac Jones, but the better choice would be Justin Fields. And Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot said in February that he believes the number four spot is a prime spot to be. I agree with him. I agree with him. I don't understand why they wouldn't take a quarterback to rebuild with after Matt Ryan's done. But they could go there and and get Kyle Pitts or Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith. That's a really good spot to be in. I, like many, believe that five quarterbacks will be selected in the first eight or nine picks, including Lawrence, Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. And I also thought that Matt Ryan, I always thought from the beginning, everybody, that the best fit for Deshaun Watson was Atlanta. He'd go back to Atlanta. There is a lot of work being done in Atlanta when it comes to social justice. And when it comes to race relations, that is the hub of the United States. For Martin Luther King, to those who want to help, they could go to Atlanta and have a big voice. Everything I thought from Deshaun Watson, who's from Georgia, would be a great fit there. So I always thought that Atlanta was going to be the sleeper team in a potential trade for Deshaun Watson. And they have the fourth pick overall. So they can trade the fourth pick to Houston. They could get Deshaun Watson, and on top of that, Houston can get a quarterback with the fourth pick overall. So I always said that, but with the problems that he's having right now, I think it's going to be really difficult to see a trade coming up. And the Masters of this week, I'll pick a winner tomorrow. I love everything about it this entire week. I'm in my backyard hitting balls, watching golf, getting up in the morning, watching the golf coverage on the range. I think this is fantastic. This is it. This is for every golfer. This is Christmas week. Uh, Tiger Woods is bummed that he's not at the Masters as he recovers at home. The JT The Brick Show, as we're brought to you by our good friends at Bell Solar. If you need a job, Bell Solar is hiring. So you can go to their website at bellsolar.com and see what they're doing in regards to this new world that I'm exploring here when it comes to solar energy and how that could change your life. They have opportunities for you. You can get in right now. They're hiring sales professionals. Why is Bell Solar a great company to work for? For everything that I said, if you love this city and you love opportunity, 
Bell Solar is looking to hire. Uh, give them a call, 702-979-1277. That's 702-979-1277. When we come back, we'll go live to Augusta National. I'm excited about that. Oh, if I could switch anywhere on God's green earth. Todd Lewis is at Augusta. He texted me a short while ago and said, JT, I'm ready to give us an update from Augusta. And we'll stay with the Raiders and a lot of news coming up with the draft right here on Raider Nation Radio. Colin Morikawa looks down the line. The familiar pause and the strike rolling up to the hole. That's over the front door. And Colin Morikawa takes it to one under today and 16 under for the week now. Morikawa won the U.S. Open. JT back with you as we continue. We go live to Augusta National. The great Todd Lewis joins us, the anchor and reporter for Golf Channel. And Todd, I know you're coming off Jordan Spieth's victory at the Valero. DJ's on site. Take me back to the recent win of Spieth and how you saw it. Yeah, I think it was great, and it was gratifying for him because um, it has been a process, and it has been and has not been one that he has completely enjoyed, but he fought through it. I think it's going to make him a tougher player uh, when he finds adversity in a tournament and around uh, once again um, because he made it look very easy early in his career, and it's not easy to win out here on the PGA Tour, and he kind of internally, either consciously or subconsciously, made that the bar, the standard of where he needs to play, and golf is golf. Uh, from Tiger Woods to Jack Nicklaus, you'll have valleys. And so when that valley came, um, you know, it was tough on him. And it really kind of wrecked his confidence uh, quite a bit. So, But now he has a better grasp mentally and emotionally of what he needs to do. And I think he's going to be, like I said, a better player. There's many storylines I want to get to cover as much as we can. First, DJ, we talked about it, having the ability to win a Masters in November and in April. And to do that and really launch into the stratosphere of winning majors – Talk about this opportunity for him, how, how he hasn't been playing great coming into this week, and how can he tighten his game up and have a shot? Yeah, you know, it's interesting about DJ. If you look at his victories, especially his bigger victories, uh, the Masters, the U.S. Open, usually he's trending. Uh, if you go back and look at his previous 10 events or so, he's been playing well, and it's not a surprise that that would continue. He hasn't been playing that well as of late. Um, so he will kind of have to buck what has been you know, his forte in regards to winning big events. Um, I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's ever lacking confidence. Um, but this is a different golf course than he played in November. It was soft then. This, this golf course here this week is hard and fast and firm right now. Players and caddies have told me this is the fastest and firmest they've ever seen the Masters early week of this tournament. So, you know, he'll have to adjust, but obviously he's number one in the world for a reason, so he can't do it. I love Bryson DeChambeau's sight lines. So <laughs> he's hitting drives off of a couple of these tee boxes and tell me where he's trying to carry a tree line and then lay the ball in 140, 150 out. Risk reward because when his driver gets loose, it could be a nightmare. Where do you think he is dialed in for this weekend? Well, I I think he's going caveman here. Uh, you know, I've seen him hit some balls out on the range, and you know, he 
creating quite the vortex with his swing and you know sucking small animals into it. I mean, it's 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 amazing. I don't know how he hasn't broken something or someone, uh, but he has a strategy here where he thinks that this golf course par to him is sixty seven, sixty eight, um, because he can get all the par fives and you know and. and and he should be able to get one or two more and, you know, give himself a bogey or so. And so, you know, he should be four or five under every day. Um, and if that's the case, you know, that's 16, 17 under, which will win here this week on this golf course. Um, I, yeah, I think what I have been impressed in regards to Bryson, uh, as far as he goes, yeah, he's, he can still win on golf courses or compete on golf courses that kind of limit him. If you go back to the players, you can't just pull out your driver and hit it everywhere there at TBC Sawgrass. That stadium course has a lot of problems if you go too far, too far left, or too far right. Um, and he was able to play in control. He's a complete player. He is not just a power player. Um, and that's why he's one of the favorites here this week. Todd Lewis is our guest. Todd, a couple of the other favorites. And it comes around every year. I just wait for Rory to have that legendary low round. And he's not going to run away. But at 19-1 to 1 and what he has to do to just get off to a good start on Thursday and Friday so his legendary game can flow into the weekend, where's his head at? You know, he's going to be the most interesting player from EJT this week because he has made a coaching change. He's coached all his life. Michael Bannon, he's in Northern Ireland. Um, he's like a second father to him. Uh, but he can't get over here to the United States as much. So JT has started working with another great coach in Pete Cowan, who's got, who coaches 24 players, by the way, in this field this week. Um, and so he's changing some things philosophically, mechanically. Now, the question is, whenever these players change coaches or something mechanically, how quickly can they make the transition? For some, it's fairly easy. Um, Patrick Reed actually changed coaches after the U.S. Open at Wingfoot last year and he went on to win at Torrey Pines. It's a pretty quick transition. Um, but others, it takes a while. Ricky Fowler made the switch leaving Butch Harmon to go to another coach. And, it, and you know, he's, he hasn't really figured it out yet. Um, so I'm interested to see where Rory is with his game here this week. Obviously, he's got the talent and the skill, and if he can adapt quickly to what's changing in his golf swing, he will be a threat. Let's move to John Rahm, the late Seve Ballesteros. Olathobles won twice. Sergio's won. His fellow countrymen, and what changes now for him? The length to be right there with Bryson, the long irons. Is his putter good enough to have a big tournament here at Augusta National, or is he still just trying to figure out that part of his game? Well, the answer is yes. He is a complete player as well. And if you look at what he has done, he's, this is his fifth start. He's never missed a cut. Top tens in each of the last three years he's played here. He's fourth in 2018, tied for ninth in 2019, tied for seventh last November. So he is comfortable on this golf course. Um, and there is a bit of joy and, frankly, relief. Um, if you've been following John Rahm, his wife, Kelly, pregnant they were expecting the baby to come on april the 12th that's the due date and that's monday and so if john ron came here you know thinking oh man am i going to play or am i have to go back to arizona to be with my wife which he's going to do he said if i'm going to i'm not going to miss the birth of my my son well that baby came last week um so you know mom mom kelly the young boy is doing great and obviously john is over the moon to be a father and he doesn't have to worry about that. Now he can focus in on golf. So he's, oh, yes, he is. He, I, I got him as a co-favorite here this week, in, in my book at least. 
Todd Lewis of Golf Channel, the great golf reporter and insider. A couple other quick names, the way Lee Westwood has played lately. A lot of people are pulling for him. He seems to be dialed in with his long irons. His son, I saw today with golf coverage on his bag, which is a little bit of a different change there. I, I like where he's at mentally coming in. It's not doom and gloom, life or death. If he's there on Sunday, do you think Westwood has a shot to be high on the leaderboard? Yeah, it is so much freedom to be out, especially at a major championship, to play like you don't care. <laughs> and, and now Lee Westwood, who's soon to be 48, is doing that. And that's actually what has given him the joy and the freedom to come out and compete because guys do kind of want it so much they get in their own way. So mentally, Lee Westwood, and emotionally and philosophically, has been able to figure it out in the latter part of his career. And, uh, you know, he's, he's in the fall slash winter of his career. Um, so any little bit that's positive, he's he's going to take his gravy right now. You know, I saw Bubba Watson in his green jacket rooting the ladies on at their event. I yeah. thought that was so cool. Just the way he understands it as a Georgia alumni to come in there, understand the history of Augusta, the Champions Dinner, and to embrace this. He doesn't have to win every event on the PGA Tour, but he feels like this is his family. And I just saw that, and I said, man, he's got to be really comfortable in his own skin to have that jacket out at Augusta (laughs) National, rooting on the ladies and wanting to see uh, them accomplish greatness there. How do you see it? Bubba has been through a little bit of uh, a struggle mentally and emotionally over the last couple of years. I I sat down with him. We had a piece uh, that aired yesterday, live from the Masters on Golf Channel. Um, and when he was candid, he spoke with me about um, the pressure internally and externally he was feeling and the fact that he was valued by a number, whether it's his world ranking, where he finished in a tournament, where he finished that day. And, uh, and he felt like that, that's all his life was. That's how he was identified. And he had to break through that and realize, hey, this is not the most important thing. My tombstone isn't going to say, here lies a great golfer. He wants it to say, here lies a great husband a great father and so i think he's in a good space um and obviously he's got connection to this golf course and he loves it and he is an artist out there which which this golf course demands todd lewis as we wrap it up i want to wrap it up with justin thomas and colin morikawa uh, two golfers there that i think are favorites or near the top and which one do you think has a better chance of winning well jt i, I knew you were going to get around to this because you love golf and you watch it so much but you cannot in my, I said co-favorite is John Rahm. The other favorite is Justin Tom. Yeah. Um, I think, I think him going through what he went through early part of 2021. Uh, he he said a bad word. He shouldn't have said a homophobic slur. He mm-hmm. knows that. He was embarrassed by it. He had to do a lot of soul searching. He owned it. Apologized, and you know he did all the right things. Not not because he felt like he had to do it to please sponsors or whomever he felt like man yeah i can't I, i'm not that guy what what is wrong with me i'm 27 years old why did i say that and so he owned that he grew from it i lost his grandfather was very close to him as well and and to fight through that and to win an event like the players which in my my opinion is a major championship um there's a lot of discussion about that but at that at that tournament you don't have like you have this week amateurs you don't have club professionals like you do at the pga you got the best of the best in the professional game and for him to win there and with that field on that golf course and to persevere through what he's gone through earlier this year i think this kid's got another gear of mental toughness now um and he loves this golf course he finished fourth here last year i i, I think he's going to be at the big come sunday 
And Morikawa? I think Colin is going to win another major championship, and it may come here. I think his chipping and putting are still a little suspect. Now, his iron play is so good, maybe the best on the PGA Tour. So if he doesn't miss a green, he's in great shape with his iron play. But to say that you're not going to miss a green or you're not going to miss a lot, or a few greens, rather, uh, out here at the Masters, well, that's saying a lot because you are going to miss greens. Uh, so I, I think that may be slight kink in his armor right now, but I think that's going to improve as his career continues, and he is going to have a great jacket one day. Well, Todd, I'm jealous of you. I wish I was there, but I went early this morning. I watched couples hit a couple of balls on the range. I have a net in my backyard in Summerlin. I went out and hit about 50 balls into the net only because I was inspired of the swing of Fred Couples. I said, at that age, if he can swing that way, we should all go out there and hit a bucket of balls and pretend we can do it. Well, JT, if you can go down to Safeway and find yourself some pimento <laughs> cheese and throw it on some bread, then you're going to have yourself a good day. How about I that? I will. Thanks for always doing this with us for the majors. Thanks a lot, Todd. Appreciate it. You got it. You got it. Really means a lot. Todd Lewis checking in from Augusta National. That's great. If there was any place we could all be today, I took my dad there in 2007 to Augusta National. I haven't told this story much on the radio. I think it's a good one. I was doing my night show. And for Fox, and I got a call from a gentleman named Jim, Jim Carra, who was a doctor in Arkansas, and he would call the show. I never met him. And I was always talked about wanting to go to the Masters. So one night, I'm on the radio, and great things have happened on hold on my radio show throughout my career. It's incredible. Bobby knows I met my mentor, Andrew Ashwood. He called in on a commercial, and we started this amazing relationship. He's the guy who wrote the book about the handoff. So I get this call from this guy, Jim, and he says, hey, JT, I hear you want to go to the Masters. He goes, I can make that happen. I have a ticket. My family has tickets to the Masters. And I said, well, great. I appreciate it. Can I get your number? Can I get your website? I had to vet the guy. The guy lived in Arkansas. I never knew him. Didn't know him well as a caller. So longer story short, we start trading phone calls, and I call his practice, and I talk to him, and he calls into the show again. So the guy's real. And I say, well, Jim, the thing is, I go, the only way I can go is if I bring my dad. I said, I, I can't go to the Masters without my dad. And he said, no problem. We'll get you two tickets. He goes, you can go to a Friday or a Saturday. And I said, I'd like to go on a Saturday if possible. So we agreed to it all. No, this is a, a gift from him as a listener. Really appreciate it. One of the nicest things ever. So I call my dad in Long Island, New York, and my dad, a conservative government accountant. And I say, Dad, I got an idea. I go, I got tickets to the Masters from one of our listeners, blah, blah, blah. And it took my dad about five minutes to say to myself, there's no way this is true. I said, no, it is true. It's a done deal. I vetted the guy. He's a good guy. We're set. So I had a fraternity brother who lived in Atlanta. So my father flew in from Long Island. I flew in from L.A., and we spent the night at my fraternity brother's house. And I'll never forget the nerves I had that night that Jim would never show up. And we met at 5 in the morning at a Walmart parking lot, pitch black. And he pulled up with his car, blinked the lights, got out, and it was this guy, Jim. And he got out of the car and welcomed my dad. And the sigh of relief that I had that this guy didn't flake on me. And then we got in the car and drove about two hours to Augusta as the sun came up and Saturday round. And we started walking the golf course, and it was incredible. And my dad and I went to the 12th hole with chairs, and we plopped the chairs down, and we sat there and we watched about three hours of golf. Now, it was a cold round. It was very cold. 
And the only guy that we didn't see golf that day, we pretty we saw Tiger and Phil and everybody was great. But the one guy that we didn't see was the guy who won. And we only went for one round on a Saturday, and we had the pimento cheese sandwiches, and we drank the beer, which is really cheap. Everything's two bucks or less. They keep it to those prices, which is fantastic. Zach Johnson won on Sunday in 2007. And my dad and I went back to Atlanta, and we flew out, and we flew out to both sides of the country, and I'll never forget that special moment. It's the only time I've been to the Masters, haven't been there since, 2007 with my dad. And we walked that entire golf course, and we saw every hole and the undulations of the green and the butler cabin, and we went to the store and bought shirts and, you know, golf apparel and all that. It was one of the greatest memories I've ever had with my dad to this day, going to Yankee games, Raider games, taking my dad to Oakland, taking him on the field to New York for a Raider game against the Giants and all the great moments we've had as a kid at the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. But I don't know if I'll ever top the Saturday in 2007 that I spent with my dad walking Augusta. It's a memory that will never leave me. And I I hope I can do it again. I hope I can do it with my sons somewhere down the road because it's a tradition unlike any other. You have to see it to believe it. Once you get inside the gates, it's golf heaven. And then when you go outside the gates, all it is is Waffle House, Burger King, Kentucky Fried Chicken. You cannot believe what the village of Augusta looks like. All it is, it just looks like Eastern with about 70 fast food stores on each side. And you say, this is there? And yeah, inside, it's just this heaven on earth. And it's one of the great memories I ever have. We'll wrap up the show coming up on the other side. Uh, We'll talk about what we have lined up the rest of the week. If you got a winner for the Masters, give that to me by tomorrow. Like to hear where you're going in that direction. And as these Raiders who have signed are coming back to Vegas, we're going to get a few of them on the radio. Hopefully Colt Miller here in the next week and Mike Mayock and John Gruden as we lead up to the draft with the Raiders pick number 17 overall. JT, brought to you by our good friends Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had. It's uh, next game. That's why we're successful and in, in, in the championship game. Uh, if you if you do too much uh, celebrating or or thinking, then you're not then you're not uh, dialed in for the next opponent, and you're getting sent home. So I'm just uh, excited as our whole travel party. We get to stay in the bubble uh, for a couple more days and uh, have an opportunity to uh, play in the biggest game all year that every uh, team sets out at the beginning of the year wanting to do. Yeah, turn it up. Scott Drew, national champs. Baylor in an absolute blowout win over Gonzaga. And we'll remember that. We're going to remember that for quite some time. And I think that's important. Whenever you win, if you can beat an undefeated team, if you can blow out a team, you become memorable. Memorable. A lot of people forget who lost the national championship game. We're not going to forget that one for a long time because Gonzaga was a great fantastic team they just came up a little bit short Bobby I want to play the Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy that was fantastic last night after I finished my night show my wife and I I don't DVR Jeopardy Alex Trebek have a lot of respect for I'm not a Jeopardy guy I didn't watch it my whole life but you know when Alex Trebek was dying at the end I was watching it more because he's so great at that game show 
And then Aaron Rodgers got the opportunity to fill in. And let me tell you, he was brilliant. The way his, his demeanor, the way he handled it, his cadence, he was perfect. All these TV reps he's getting and radio spots that he does help them. This was Aaron Rodgers last night. Scott, did you come up with the correct response? Who wanted to kick that field goal? <laughs> That is a great question. Should be, should be, should be correct, but uh, unfortunately for this, uh, this game today, that's incorrect, and you're going to lose zero. So and he was excellent. If you didn't get a chance to see it, I would DVR it the, the entire week. He was really good, and I think the key part of this is because he's young and he brings about a new audience that that's his job if he wants it. Aaron Rodgers could stay in the NFL and tape around the schedule and be the new host of Jeopardy. I think football is really important to him, but I think that's going to be really interesting going forward. I, you know, Again, I'm not an expert on Jeopardy, but I thought he was fantastic. The other breaking news is Paul Pierce is out and let go fired at ESPN because of his wild twerking with strippers behind him on a live feed. His run with ESPN is officially over. Network parting ways with the ex-NBA superstar after Pierce just days ago posted a racy twerk session with some scantily clad women on Instagram. So it's pretty clear that that's the reason why Paul Pierce was let go. Uh, He was on Instagram live. Everybody who saw it couldn't believe he was on it. He looked completely stoned out of his mind. And then behind him, a bunch of dancers on the ground. Pierce spent the past three and a half years with the network appearing on NBA Countdown in the jump. He had a really good job. He had a really good job that paid probably really good money, and he didn't have to do much. After playing 19 seasons in the NBA before joining ESPN, he was a 10-time All-Star and won that title in 2008 alongside Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett. So some people think he's going to go to Barstool or do something else, but what a blown opportunity for a guy who was in a certain condition and he couldn't turn off his phone. Something the older you get, it's more important that you do. Shut your phone off, turn off the camera. When you go out, you go to the club, or you're doing something in the privacy of your own home. What a fall from grace for Paul Pierce, who was not in the uh, right frame of mind when he turned his phone on and went live video, and now he's out at ESPN. Big day tomorrow, Bobby's birthday tomorrow. Bobby's been with me. We've been working together since 1996, so I'm happy... Uh, Bobby's birthday is tomorrow when he has a Vegas Golden Night game. And he's got me to deal with on this show, so he's got a full day. And then we'll knock out the show tomorrow, get ready for the Masters, and then Thursday the Masters kicks off. We'll have some Raider content with you tomorrow. And we welcome the End Resort, Spawn Casino. And we also welcome a brand-new partner, Iole, the new premium tequila of the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio. They're also the official tequila of the Henderson Silver Knights. Iole is from Tequila, Mexico. Obviously recognized as the birthplace of tequila. Iole, smooth and easy to drink with that funny name spelled H-I-J-O-L-E. Iole, we welcome their partnership to Lotus Broadcasting and Raider Nation Radio. Good week for us. We'll bring it back here tomorrow right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m.
Thanks, guys. Have a great day.